everybody. I'm Miranda Sawyer. That was uh, Fish Tank, which was the choice of the fabulous Gemma Artisan we have right here, who is an actor, producer, and we can say recovering Bond girl. Should we say that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right then. <laughs> so let's talk about the film. It's so lovely to see it again and on a big screen. It's absolutely, it's such a work, piece of work, isn't it? Yeah, I love this film. I love Andrew Arnold and particularly this film because... It's beautiful. I mean, I was watching it thinking there is not one shot in it that is a, like an ugly shot. No, it's and there's so many beautiful, beautiful art shots, aren't there? Yeah. Just even when she was when she was on the station and the behind the the kind of you know waiting room screen, even that is kind of such a beautiful art shot. Or when there's cranes everywhere, it's just gorgeous. Yeah, and um, I'd never seen it on the big screen. I'd only seen it in, you know on a TV screen, and um, so yeah. It was great for me to see it again. So interesting seeing it, you know, eight, nine years on as well. Yeah, um, yeah. It still stands up and still... It definitely know. still stands up. I think that people, I mean, there are obviously kind of turning points in the film and uh, things that we can talk about, but the, the main feeling that I had, I remember, which, which, which I recalled from the first time I saw it, is when Connor makes a move on me is just incredible disappointment like you could see you were hoping it wasn't going to happen and then it did happen and that is you know obviously in the context of all the things that have happened since I mean we were all, always being very conscious of older men preying on younger women but I think that we're more, perhaps more conscious about it now it's still an absolute gutter isn't it? It's just it, yeah. awful. It's awful. It's so powerful, that whole sequence. And I was just thinking, watching it, God, they would have just been dreading doing that scene and freaking out about it. And she has to dance at the beginning, and then they have to do the love scene. And then yeah. there's that amazing moment of her just, sorry, just dealing with all of that. Yeah. Oh, and it's, that's, for me, the most moving shot, actually, is on her reaction and sort of processing it all. But yeah, I mean, it's it's such an incredible performance from Fassbender because, you know, he does. You do hope that he's just the lovely boyfriend, you know, that he might he's flirting with her a bit, but he's a nice guy and. Uh, yeah, yeah, you you hope all the way through, don't you? Yeah. But it, then it then it goes wrong. There's an interesting, you know, obviously there's the terrible moment where she takes his child. Mm. But I, when I watched it this time, I was kind of struck by the almost like the. This is going to sound really ridiculous, possibly, <laughs> but the parallels between what she was doing with, the, with his kid, which was kind of sweeping along in a way that she didn't know what she was doing, um, and sweeping the child away, and then the child fought back. And there's a kind of parallel with that with her. Mm. So he comes in, he kind of sweeps her away, and then chucks her in the, chucks her in the water. You know, but she comes out and kind of survives. Mm. I think that's what the film's about. Mm. I think the film's about, you know, you see Mia, you see, you know, what her life is, you see what her mum's life is. You think, what's going to happen now, you know, when mm. she goes off with um, one of the Treadaway brothers at the end? <laughs> and, you know, it's sort of that continual thing of, you know, picking up on behaviour, doing what is done to you and... Um, I'd like the hopeful shot at the end of the balloon flying away because that's Andrea Arnold saying, maybe yeah. she doesn't end up 
you know, with two kids by the time she's And well, also Tyler saying, 20. say hello to the world for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's quite hopeful. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Do you find when you watch films as an actor that you can get as immersed in the performance as, as, as kind of just a, an ordinary punter? Or are you constantly thinking, oh, God, I bet that was really tough to do, or I wonder how... If it's a really good film, then I get totally swept up in it. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think when you make films, you, you are aware of certain things. But, I mean, even watching that, it, apart from that sequence where I thought, God, that must have been a bit of a bugger to do, I, you, I do get, I mean, that completely... I'm completely immersed in the world, and I think yeah. that's something that Andrea Arnold does with all of her films, is she completely convinces you of that world. Everyone is so convincing. There's nothing that throws you off. No, there's no false There's note. nothing that you go, mm, why have they got that accent, or, you know, whatever. Mm. It's, it's all legit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you do kind of dissect things. I was once on a jury for a film festival and I was yeah. right pain in the arse because every single film I'd be going... <laughs> you got really critical. Yeah, but I think when it's really great, though, mm. it does, like, take you over. There's also interesting references, I think, to Andrea's kind of previous life before she was a before she was a director so she did you know she danced as well yeah and obviously she was an actor herself and the performances she, that she gets from actors I think I mean obviously it's astonishing but I think sometimes the directors that can do that are ones that have been on the other side of the camera that know how hard it is you know that don't just say okay stand over here you know we've got the shot now do your stuff you know, there's a sympathy to her directing, I think. Mm, absolutely. And I think because she does choose unknown actors often, people that she's found on the street, like Katie Jarvis. Um, also um, with Sasha in American Honey, she found her. And I think that's very brave for a director to go, I'm going to have to direct you, like, properly. You might have something raw that I can, that works, but actually, you know, technical things and, you know... It's, you, will have to, you have to take a lot of care over the actor. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, she obviously is very sympathetic. It can be hard on the actor, though, I think, sometimes. Because if you have a, a sympathetic director like that, somebody who, who, I don't know, picks you out, says you're the person for this, for, for this work, you are the right person, and then, then they enter into, the, into the, the kind of world of acting, expecting to get that same experience, or also actually weirdly sometimes just expecting to get jobs. Mm. And I think that often, because of the nature of the film industry and acting in general, that it is assumed that these people aren't acting, mm. that, they're, that they're just being themselves, and so therefore you can never cast them in anything else. And I think it happens particularly with working-class women. Does. I remember when I saw um, I, Daniel Blake, and I was so blown away by Hayley Squires, and I was like, please don't let that happen to her, you know, because she's such a talent and obviously brilliant actress, and I just hoped that she wouldn't just get cast aside, and she hasn't because she's mm. brilliant. But it does, it does, and, um, yeah, and it is, the, it is the risk. I mean, you know, watching Katie's performance, she's, she's so authentic and then you kind of, we didn't see her for a while after yeah. that. And I, um, I think that was just because of her life circumstances. It was such a shame. And now she's working again. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And I think that, um, I know Ken Loach does the same in terms of when he finds someone new, like, they really take care of 
that actor afterwards make sure you know that they're looked after and they don't just go okay bye you know yeah it's, it's yeah there's a kind of well also there's an there's a you've knowledge. changed their life I mean you absolutely you've changed their life and also there's an, a knowledge of the industry which they're not going to have why would you ever have it I mean people are always learning while they're in the industry mm. so what you always hope is that, that, that they are guided to the right agent and then to the right jobs and all that kind of stuff yeah. but I always you know there's always a kind of slight residual worry around that I think yeah uh, even in America I saw I don't know if you've seen a there's a great film called the Florida project I don't oh, know yeah. if anyone's seen it but um the 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 girl in that the the young girl Brooklyn Prince has been cast in other things but the 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 uh, woman who played the mother has been cast hasn't and it's because the same thing because people feel that she's just playing herself yeah and they feel perhaps that she can't do yeah. other stuff which she, seems unfortunate because I interviewed her and she's not you know she's not that person yeah. anyway I feel that we should also we need to talk about you Gemma <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that <laughs> sorry guys <laughs> but um I suppose you know you've had one of the other kind of it's not an entire parallel but with Andrea and Arnold but she comes from Kent she comes from a different background to one of the mo to most people who you assume works in the industry and you are similar do you find, uh, do you think that that's a natural affinity yeah. in there? Andrea Arnold's from Dartford and I'm mm. from Gravesend. And well, I met her and, sh and she said, oh, yeah, I used to, I, my best mate lived on your street. So mm. they, you know, and I, I, when I saw Wasp, I was like, that's my life. That's single <laughs> parent, council estate. Mm. That's Dartford. It's like down the road. I yeah. just completely connect with her work. I sort of mourn her moving to America now. Yeah. Like, oh, no one's going to do those films about single-parent <laughs> working mums. Um, but we'll yeah. make them now. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think so. I think I, I really, yeah, because we're from sort of sim similar part of the world. And, yeah. Um, and she's interested in, you know, she doesn't... I love her playfulness as well. You know, this film and American Honey, they have so much humour in them as well. And, yeah. And yeah, you fun. were giggling. Well, I was sitting next fun. to you at the beginning. It's so you were funny, this film howling. at times as well. Mm. I mean, she... Even the dog called Tenants. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a great joke at the end. And my mum always used to... Sorry for my French, but my mum always used to go, get upstairs, you little cunts. All the time. Fuck <laughs> 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 <Back> off. <laughs> This is part of life. <laughs> I remember a friend, one of our, her friends came around, went, you can't call your daughters that. She went, oh, yeah. It's just, that's what they're called. <laughs> <laughs> so there are so, you know, even with this film's dark and, mm. you know, but I really, really, there's loads of things in this film that I recognise from my own life. You know, like parties in the house and everyone really drunk and, and my sister was a right little mouth and... It's so, you know, as much as... I say it's a beautiful film as well because there is something so touching about this relationship, even though it's damaged and... Yeah, it's, it's incredibly beautiful. The, the scene with them at the end dancing, mm. you know, I knew we had to come up on stage, so I was trying not to cry. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, I can't, you know, I've got my mascara on, I mustn't cry. But that bit, every time it gets me, because there's a kind of... There's a, such a... She's literally told her to fuck off. Mm. <laughs> she's going to see you, and she's... The beauty of that dancing is just, it's absolutely gorgeous. And the fact that they say, I hate you rather than I love you. Oh. Oh. Blub, blub. Anyway, we can't, you know, can't blub before you go on stage. <laughs> <laughs> You're not Fine. allowed. <laughs> but um, what I wanted to talk to you a little bit um, about was 
you're, I suppose, you're, you're changing in uh, career. And one of, the, one of the things I wanted to kick off with really was, I remember reading an interview with you when you were talking about when you went to RADA. And you went to RADA and you said, um, I got to RADA, it was great. But people were saying, um, you know, that they'd all watched Ken Loach films. And I'd never watched Ken Loach films. I wasn't really interested. And then it seems to me, I may be wrong, but as your careers progress, you become more and more interested in the art house, the alternative, the different way of going about things. Um, well, sort of. I, I didn't watch any films when I was growing up. We didn't, we didn't watch films. We didn't watch anything apart from EastEnders, <laughs> <laughs> religiously. Um, and then I got into drama school somehow, and everyone was, you know, had gone to the theatre, they knew about Shakespeare and all this stuff. The only films that I had started to watch was, you know, I'd seen Magnolia and I'd seen Dancing in the Dark because they told me to watch that at college, and I loved them. Mm. So I was into Art House, but not really... And then I sort of did all these... I got The first jobs I got were, like, big Hollywood stuff, yeah. which was fine. Um, but actually, my passion has always been in art house cinema. But that's what I find quite interesting. So you were doing these kind of films, which were, um, you know, amazing. How amazing to, you know, to be a Bond girl. We should all be so lucky. But, you know, that's, you know, on one level, that is absolutely fantastic. And there's a kind of learning within that. Of course there is, you know, to be able to act in those sets, in those big, in that big environment, which is, is very different from doing a kind of art house film. But the thing I found really interesting is as you've gone along, you're doing more, you know, work like, you know, the 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 escape or things like that you know where you you're kind of like you're you're moving into a different area and you set up your own production company and you're putting out different kinds of work you know this is it's it's a different move you know lots of people start off an art house we could say michael passbender to be honest we could start an art house and then go to the big movies and you're a bit like well i've done the big movies i'm going to do something different now yeah i mean I just want to do the stuff that I would go and see mm. and that I'm proud of. And I know that what my... <laughs> I just really love watching films like this. And, and actually, weirdly, I, uh, there was a period in where I really wanted... I was actually met Andrea because I was going to do a film. I was attached to Wuthering Heights and um, she came on it and she went, oh, I'm really sorry, but like, you're really trained and... Um, like actor, you're an actor, and I want someone. And, and I remember thinking, no, God, you think that I can't do it because yeah. I'm I'll like, un-act. I'm, yeah, I will unact. I'll unact. But I guess that that's you. You you put out what you put out, and mm. and people can judge that. They judge that. So you've got to be take control of your your work. Yeah. And so that's what I've been trying to do. <laughs> Do you, want to talk a bit, do you want to talk a bit about your... So you set up a production company, Rebel, Rebel Park. Yeah. And one of the pieces of work that's just come out, I don't know if you've seen... Have you seen this really brilliant short called Leading Ladies Park? Yeah. 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 Amazing. <laughs> amazing, amazing. And I, this was all over my kind of social media feed before I was... And I was like, oh, that's Gemma. Interesting. And then kind of like looked at the end and I thought, oh, my goodness, that's your production company. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, I presume it's you know it's a it's a good Kickstarter. You're you're going to use this for other. Yeah, that's the the uh, the aim. Um, we just start we're just starting to kind of try and work out what we want to do, um, and it's a, the production company is all about you know giving more, you know, more female centric sort of storytelling and female you know take, making an emphasis on female directors. Um, 
not necessarily all the time though but um and it's really exciting it's the best thing about it for me as an actor is meeting writers and and going at, going at it a completely different way usually as an actor you come on at the last you're the last person to come on board yeah so it's so great sort of brainstorming and meeting writers and then seeing how you know connecting and um i love that so so much and i've i've sort of executive produced a few films but it's different when you're really mucking in getting involved i don't know how much time i've got to do that with my producing partners in the audience and i'm like oh god because i have to do acting stuff as well yeah um <laughs> yeah you've got this other career going on <laughs> yeah yeah but i love it i love 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 it yeah and we want to find like the next well not the next andrea arnold but you know like new voices and it just is so to even watching this i was just like so inspired to kind of you know find our version and can keep it going and anyway it seems and it, it seems also that that, that it, it is a, the right time to do it there seems to be more opportunities or people are more open and to be honest yeah. there's more places to put work out on yeah you know this you know get it's every time i'm moving i'm kind of like going, uh, 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 is that right. me no i think it's, it's me hang on you're going to put that there. Um, the, but there are more places to put work, given that television is yes. expanded. And it seems to me also that the taste... There was a time when I didn't want to go and see films, actually, because all the films I could see were seemed to be either blockbusters or kids' films. I went to see the kids' films because I've got kids. But there didn't seem to be so many interesting films in the middle, and I think that that has completely changed. Mm. It's come back again. There are in more interesting films around. Yeah, there are, there are. Um, I'm a snob and I like making films because I just love seeing them on a big screen. But we are also gonna, we, I mean, Leading Lady Parts is, was, did really well on um, social media and it's incredible. I mean, how you can get messages out, which is, it, it's much easier these days. Yeah. Um, I know you're not a social media I'm not on no, social you, you, media, so you I left, really know you. what I'm talking about, but people do that. <laughs> people do, do that know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I left that, but it's still good for... It's, it's amazing. It's just I don't want to broadcast my life on social media anymore. Yeah, you just broadcast your work. It's different. <laughs> yeah. it's different. And you, you're, you're rushing off to um, the Toronto Film Festival. Is that right? When that? Tomorrow? Day after or something like that? Yeah, on Monday. On yeah. Monday. And that is to promote which film? Vita and Virginia, which is a film about um, Vita Sackville West and Virginia Woolf. Yeah. And uh, so we're showing that to the world. Um, that's very exciting and scary. And was that a good project to work on? Did it was excellent it? because it all came about because um, I was doing a play and Eileen Atkins came to see it and then said, here's a script that I want to make. And so then I had it and then I showed it to my friend on holiday and she went, oh, I want to direct that. I've done my degree in Virginia Woolf, and um, and then she directed it. Fabulous. So um, it's just you know one of those. I, that, I made that sound very casual. It it was it we, but it all felt like a really organic thing. Yeah. And um, it was a real pleasure to work with your friends. I mean that's the best thing about producing as well is that you can decide who you want to work with. <laughs> Easier. Like, I want to work with that person because they're really nice and they're great and you know and construct that and yeah. so that was a really enjoyable pro project um it was just a lot of care and it's a real joy to be able to make stuff with people you really love and 
and it be like a really nice thing. And end. it's also, I mean, one of the difficulties also for actors is generally a sense of powerlessness. Oh, which yeah. is obviously highlighted in the leading lady parts, you know, that you're yeah. kind of stand up, you do your best do and it. people just... Yeah, or you don't work away. for a year or the stuff that you get sent is really shit and you're desperate for work. Yeah. So that's why loads of people start writing or they start, um, you know, trying to make work themselves, Yeah, I guess. And I presume you have been in a situation similar to leading lady parts. Um, in an audition? Mm. No, not, well, yeah. I mean, oh God, I've probably blocked them from memories. But um, <laughs> no, I mean, we, it is a kind of overly over-the-top over the depiction. But um, yeah. But there's was, definitely truth in it, I would say. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, 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 for and sure. you also, would you, you're also about to embark on another project, which is a, a, a challenging one, I would have said which is um, you're about to be Dusty Springfield. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've got the eyeliner, I have to say. I was trying to get into it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's... Um, I, I start a project on, on next week called Summerland first, so I do that, mm. and that's like a real passion project of mine. And then... Do you um, want to tell us a bit about it? I can't really explain okay. it. It's really, really unique. <laughs> but um, it's um, my best friend's directing it and has written it, and it's one of the best scripts I've ever read. And um, it's beautiful. Anyway, so that's that. I'm the worst person at pitching. Um, <laughs> and then, um, and then, yeah. And so then, I'm playing Dusty Springfield next year in this film called So Much Love. And it's uh, Phyllis Naj is directing it and has written the script. Who um, wrote Carol? Which, yeah. if I wasn't showing this film today, I'd show Carol. Um, and. Um, I'm really excited about that and also really freaking out. <laughs> well, that's the best combo, no? My mum said, you can't play Dusty. You haven't got blonde hair. And I was like, it's all right, mum. I can yeah, That can be it. fixed. <laughs> that bit can be done. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, these are two projects I'm really excited about and I feel like, yay. When you look back, um, you know, over the work that you've done, you've worked with very different directors and I'm thinking of people like, you know, Dominic Savage and people like that, they're very, they're very different. Which, where do you feel that you've learnt the most? Which projects do you feel that like you've learnt the most? Um, I think working on The Escape was groundbreaking mm. for me just because it was all, ex all uh, improvised. Yeah. And that was totally... I didn't, even, I didn't know if I could do that. And so then after that, I was like, yeah, I can. And it gave me so many tools for like, scripted work. Just about, you it's know, a very instinct. I found that film very moving. And it's a, it is almost like a different... I mean, it's not quite the same, but it's a different version of what we've been watching when people feel trapped in a life and, mm. and they, can't, they can't work out how to, to, what to do about it. Yeah, and they just run away. Yeah, run away. <laughs> With no floating balloon at the end of the escape. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, it's, I love that about my job is that I get to work with all these, like, you know, I did The Escape and then I did this really, like, buttoned-up period film that was incredibly language-driven. Um, that's Vita Virginia. And, mm. and working with all these different directors and writers, that's what I think, for me, that's what excites me the most as an actor, is just mixing it up and, and throwing yourself off constantly and um, being a bit freaked out each time you do a job. Not each time, but... I just did this job like that was so easy and silly and really fun. Um, it was a piece of piss, really. <laughs> it was, <laughs> was a that? comedy with Adam Sandler. Yeah. And it, it, but it, I, I was freaking out about that because I was like, it's Adam Sandler, you know. Um, 
but it's good to it's good I like being a little bit freaked out before I do a job yeah do you get more freaked out by theatre or film um film theatre is I feel like really let's be a real thespian I feel at home on the stage um. <laughs> that's okay darling you can do it. I feel I can really express myself on the stage. Um, yeah. No, I, I, of course, theatre freaks me out as well. I mean, you know, but you get, you kind of get used to that. You get, get um, the first night is terrifying and then is it becomes less that, terrifying. Is it perhaps that you have a little bit more control when you're on a stage? Meaning, yeah, it's yours. Yeah. Because the director might be there, but they can't. They might do be going, Why are you doing that? Please stop. And you go, No, I'm going to do it anyway. This is my moment. <laughs> going to take it. <laughs> yeah, I love doing plays. I mean, that's really the best ever. But um, yeah, they're just very, very different um, experiences. I think a film is scary because that's that. You've done it now. I mean, then it's out, and it's out forever. And people can watch it again and again, which sometimes you just want things to disappear and be forgotten forever. <laughs> and you go, oh, I saw you in... And then the worst film you ever did. And you yeah. go, oh, no, that was on BBC One the other night, wasn't it? Yeah, never mind. Oh, God. Whereas with a play, it doesn't matter if you're not... You know, if it's crap. Because yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> you can always do it the next night. Oh, yeah, that's awful as well. You know it's crap. You've got three more months of it. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Just get through it. Um, anyway, yeah. There was a really... Um, one of the lovely things that I did see on social media, which was um, uh, an element of, uh, the, of the leading lady thing where, you, where people were asked for people, leading ladies that inspired them, and you chose your nan. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. I want to explain why you chose your nan. Because other people were choosing, like, you know, directors or actors or whatever, you know. Um, I think because she's the, the artist in the family, and my family's proper working class, and... Um, she was the very, she was the bit different, you know, she was, she was the one that had that in her and she would, she would, she had that in her. I mean, she wasn't afraid to go there. She was a published poet. She was a, but we didn't know that until she died. And then, you know, she was a painter and I just felt like she inspired me. I mean, she really did to... And when you were younger, would she be, so she was, was she painting when you were younger? So you knew that she was painting, you just didn't know that she was a poet? Yeah, she would paint. She would. She was a photographer as well. She just, you know, like hobby-wise, not mm. like professional, but it just inspired me because in, there was in my family it was a bit like, oh, why are you doing that? Oh no, you're not going to make any money doing that. You know, mm. it wasn't seen as a, a vocation. Um, so I just, uh, you know, loved that she was. That she expressed. She let it out. That was it. I mean, it's so sim so it seems so small and simple, but it did inspire me a lot. And she was very brave. She very much inspired me. Um, the film The Escape is sort of inspired by her and her life. And, and um, so, yeah. And she, suff she, she suffered with bipolar disorder. And, and I think that did also inspired me because I saw her live through something yeah. um, which ultimately killed her. But it, she lived through something and she just did it and, and was herself. Well, there's a beauty to... Oh, I have uh, bipolar disorder in my family as well. There's a beauty to occasionally to bipolar, which sounds a bit weird, but the manic times can be quite astonishing. Yeah. I just, I just found her really inspiring in general as a person. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. That's and there I mean. is the element of the escape, which I always felt, which was that if only you, you know, your character had a 
just an outlet. outlet <laughs> if it wasn't the children, then, you know... She might be okay, yeah. She might have been all right. Yeah. yeah. Or she just would have... You know, I, I don't know. There, there was so... That, that film's about a woman that not only is her marriage breaking down, but she never expressed her creativity. It was something that my nan didn't do sometimes. And she would just stop doing that and then implode mm. because it was her way of coping. And I wondered... That, Oh, if you are like a really creative person, if you're like Andrea Arnold and you don't have your outlet, what happens to you? Probably a bitch who like shouts at everyone is really cantankerous. Yeah. <laughs> or I don't know. That's or you sort of what I wanted to, yeah, explore yeah. a bit in the escape. Yeah, okay. Um, so I am conscious that we have a lovely audience here. Hello, lovely audience. Yes, hello. And you might want to ask you might need questions to wee as well. Gemma. So there is a um, <laughs> microphone around when you're down. You, I definitely had your hand up first. You're your number one. Hello. Okay. Um, Gemma, thank you so much for the selection. This is the second time I've seen it. I'm just reflecting on, you know, as you're adding more into the producing thing, what's your viewpoints? I mean, has the whole Me Too movement, how has it coloured the script selections? I mean, in terms of working with writers, I mean, how has that changed recently? Um, well... I think Era 50-50 has been really great as well along for sort of putting the facts out there and saying that these, this is actually how it is. There are, I'm not going to say percentages because mm. I don't know them off the top of my head, but it was really helpful to, for people to see that, like commissioners. And, um, and that got loads of people together as well. These mo this movement actually got people together and all these female writers, directors, whoever, you know, and we would all like meet up and go, should we work together? And so I feel like, it has, you know, we're, we're, we're working together. I definitely feel like there's more that if you offer up a, a script that's written by a woman, it, it's more likely to get no, taken notice of these days than it might have done like three years ago. That's for sure. But then look at Venice Film Festival. So I was furious. Um, <laughs> you know, it's still got a long way to go before there's like parity but I I mean in terms of my own personal experience like most of the time I'm working with female writers female directors and they'd hate my female director friends go we're just directors stop calling us female but um yeah I I'm noticing the change I remember a one statistic from Era 50-50, which I remember being really shocked by, was, you know, the film Frozen, which is obviously about two sisters. It's oh, yeah. Disney's, um, you know, amazing kind of, you know, effort to be sisterly. There are more lines spoken by men than women in Frozen. And I'm thinking, oh, that's a bit going. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. There's a microphone. Oh, no, oh, okay. First, second, okay. Good evening. Thank Hello. you for showing that again. Um, I wanted to ask you, you just talked about the Dusty Springfield film and your mum said you can't do it because you're blonde. How's your singing voice? It's all right. Yay! <laughs> um, yeah, I've sung a lot and yeah. um, come from a singing background. I mean, obviously, probably won't sound bang on du Dusty, <laughs> but apparently they can do some shit to my voice post. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Hanley, I'm going to get in so much. You know, people, you know. It's not going to be. And, the, and Phyllis, the director, said to me that I don't want you to do a dusty impression. That'd be very boring. Um, but obviously, you know, I am working on it. Yeah. yeah. And do you know what? The more I've listened to her, the more she's actually... If I wake up in the morning, I've smoked the night before, 
I'm a bit hungover, then I sound more like Dusty. You know? <laughs> so I'm chilling out on this one. We're going to have a really good time. Um, so I kind of just want to say thank you for being really inspirational to like many young girls. I think to a lot of people, but especially young girls like, within like the acting part of it. And I just basically wanted to ask, what um, what sort of advice would you have for someone that kind of wants to kickstart their acting career? Oh my God, too much pressure. Um, oh God, what would I have liked to have? I think, oh, so... You know, this whole, like, leading lady parts thing that I did is all about people saying, oh, you're not good enough the way you are. Um, be like this, be like that. And actually, like, all the way through drum school, I was told, your accent is so common. No one's going to cast you. You'll just be the maid. And so they told really? me... Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. You'll just be the maid. You'll have to change your accent. Yeah. God, I'm shocked. Um, which, oh, I proved them wrong. Yeah, by playing it's just appalling queens and whatnot. But I wish someone had just told me that that you are you you don't 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 do that. Don't do what they tell you to do. Just be you. Like also be able to be other people and act and stuff. But <laughs> like yeah, like you know we, yeah. when people tell you oh change your accent, I think. Off. You think I can only do one accent, which is my own? Piss off. You piss me off that. Anyway, <laughs> that's not the only advice. Um, what else? What else? Um, and it's really hard. It's like possibly the worst job to go into <laughs> in terms of like, like if you want a regular life and you want to know what you're doing with your life. And um, I wish someone had told me that, actually, because I think it's really important to know that like love it so much that you're you you can suffer a bit it's like shit when you're not working and you don't know when the money is going to come in and all of that stuff so you have to have i think you have to be realistic about that and enjoy and just really enjoy doing it like love it um because otherwise it's quite hard and um and um and like just to enjoy working with other people. I, 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 I felt like for a long time, a lot of this weird stuff that happened with Times Up and Me Too was because women are pitted against each other because there's not enough place for them. So there's like only one woman allowed in the room. And so women get really competitive with one another. And we are made to be, feel really, I mean, it's definitely true with guys as well, but definitely with women. And actually it's really great when you get to know your colleagues and like, you can make stuff with them. Um, in my year at drum school, it was nasty. Like, people were bitches to each other, <laughs> just saying, you know, it was catty. It was like, oh, she got a job, oh, you know. And that's not good. We've got to work, you know, got to work together. That's what I wish I was told then as well. And also, you can make your own stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's what I would say as a... As a person, you can, you know, there's no reason now that you can't shoot something on an iPhone. Yeah. You know, you can. You can shoot something really good on an iPhone. So if there is no work, make your own. Look, <laughs> you might work shitloads as well, like, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, a rea like, even the people that work loads sometimes don't work. Yeah, for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be quite weird. 
Um, um, I saw you. Sorry. Sorry, my advice is not that great. <laughs> Hi, Gemma. Thanks for being here. Um, and just to second what the lady over there said, thank you for everything you're doing in the industry. It's really inspiring to... Aww. I'm a filmmaker, so it's... Thank you. Yeah. Um, my question's about the escape, and I was actually in a pitch meeting today when I was told, films, dramas about mental health are really hard to sell, which I know is true. Um, so I wondered if you could talk a bit about how you sold the escape to, to produce... Well, I know that you produced it yourself as well, executive produced, but how you did that process, really. We didn't tell anyone that it was about that. Um, it was improvised, so it wasn't in the script. And when we were selling the film and publicising it, I wasn't allowed to say depressed. I had to say in a crisis. Mm. And all I wanted to do was going, she's suffering from depression. This is a film about depression. But um, everyone's saying, no, don't do that. People won't go and see it. Mm. And so you have to say crisis, because then it sounds more thrillery. Thank you. <laughs> Top advice. <laughs> Hello. So, uh, that I gentleman think, there. Oh, I can't see who's got the mic. Hello, sorry, if you've got the mic. I've got the mic, but I don't want to... Oh, you better speak then if you've got the mic. Yeah, that's, that's a good rule in life. Um, okay. It actually almost links to the previous question, but it's about the movie we saw tonight, and it's a, it's a, I just want you to comment on what, what, how you think she pulled this off, because I saw the film nine years ago, but didn't recall every detail. As a character, I, I, I was really put at a distance by the, the, the main character when she took the, uh, the kid. For me, that was like a, there was something about crossing the line, morally, ethically. I know these are big words, but that's what I felt. And then she came back at the end for me as a person. I liked her again. I was able to connect. How do you think she pulled that off? I mean, the, the Andrea Arnold I'm talking about. How do you think... Because for me, I was actually disconnected at that point. If you take someone's child for me, that's a... I actually, Don't I, you think that's what Michael Fassbender did to her? No, 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 I agree with that. Par no, <laughs> no, 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 yeah, absolutely. I felt like he took her childhood away from her. Sure, absolutely. No, so she was taking revenge. Completely, completely. I mean, I'm, it's, 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 a, it's a, almost a technical question. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I agree with that. And there's a parallel, of course. But that act of, there's something about a kid and a child and the vulnerability. Yeah. And, the, and I just wanted to, I want your opinion of how, the, what it was, what sort of writing techniques, directing techniques, acting techniques, what, what it was that brought me back because I was gone at that point. I was like, this is, I actually said in my head to myself, this is a disgusting thing to do. I think it's the moment... Well, first, a few things. She shot in sequence um, and would give Katie only a day's worth of script, so she didn't really know what she was doing. And I think in t for that, that... Well, that's a technique, I think, that is really... It just means that the actor can just be completely in it and not second-guessing themselves or um, judging themselves in the moment. So I think that's... And then I was thinking that, the same as you, that when she pushes her in the water, you think, right, that's it now, isn't it? That is it. And, you, and you're hoping and praying that she's not a bad person, she's not a bad person, and she's not when she picks her out of the water mm. and saves her and hugs her. She doesn't even have to hug her at the end. I think the hug is really mm. moving. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, people in the room might have worked with Andrea Arnold and seen her scripts. And I was thinking, are there scripts really? Mm. Um, or is it all improvised or what? I don't know. And Do you not think that there's two points where you change a bit? And I think one is perhaps that when, um, when Connor finds her and he chases her and he hits her, which is what you expect. And I thought he's going to beat her up. That's, that's what I thought. I thought he's going to absolutely beat her up, and he just stopped and walked away. And there was a slight sense of him still having sympathy with her as a character, 
so you mm. could retain sympathy also with her. Mm. And then the fact that she cries about the horse and everything just goes wrong for her and the dancing and the sense of unity of the family at the end. So you, you will understand the character more because of course, you know, it's absolutely the worst thing that you can do, but it is an impulse. She acts on impulse. Mm. That's what I would say anyway. I don't know. I don't, you know, think it's a good idea to steal people's kids and Why not? throw them in the water. <laughs> Generally. <laughs> Top tip. Uh, hello, you're next. <laughs> Hi, um, I just want to ask, um, in the autumn, I think it was, of 2008, um, you kind of arrived, really, in, in lots of different um, things. There were Test of the Dobervilles and BBC One, which I think was amazing and um, followed very quickly by Quantum of Solace and then a bit later Prince of Persia and things like that. And I think for a lot of um, actors, I'm not an actor personally, but I could imagine a lot of people seeing that and think, wow, you're living the dream. You're suddenly in all these amazing, high-profile, um, brilliant projects. And I wondered, did it feel like you were living the dream? And was it a bit of a disorienting experience? Was it an amazing experience? How did it feel to suddenly be kind of everywhere? Um. I just thought it was ridiculous. Like, I thought I was like, what is this? This is silly. I thought I was living the dream when I was making Tess because I loved making it. I, didn't, I don't like all the other stuff. I still don't um, like going to premieres and press and interviews and magazine sheets and all that that you have to do. And that was happening that year, and I didn't really know what I was doing. And I remember my publicist like calling me and saying, someone's been through your bins, is there anything you need to tell me? And I was like, no. Oh my God. She went, no, is there anything you need to tell me about your past? And I was like, oh, well, once I stole the lipstick from Murphy, <laughs> got in trouble. <laughs> or like anything, I was like, and once I like did drugs at, you know, yeah. at university, whatever, you know, like suddenly you're Panic. freaking out because you think that all this stuff's gonna come out in the press. Um, and that was the overriding thing of that year for me. Uh, when you're making work, um, it's all so different. Like you're doing different things at different times, and they sometimes they come out like three years afterwards. And and um, but I have a friend that suddenly had a meteoric rise in her thirties after doing grafting, grafting, grafting all through her twenties. And she's freaking out majorly now. She's like, I don't know how you did it, you know, when you were 20 or whatever. Mm. But I think I was just too young to really compute it. And I was just going along with it. Um, I think I was doing a lot of things wrong as well because I was just going along with it. Whereas now I'd go, no, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not doing that. So what do you mean specifically by that? What did you do wrong in inverted commas? I think what I was doing wrong was like photo shoots I didn't have to do. And... Um, uh, films I didn't have to do and things like that, you know, like not really thinking about what I was doing and the mm. connotations. So I was just going, yeah, all right then, I'll do that. Yeah, all right. Um, well, you're in your 20s, that's just life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't that. I mean, it's not like I've never been followed down the street by paparazzi or anything like that. It wasn't, you know, I'm, I've, I've, I'm quite happy, like, I'm very, very. It, like that's the, just the best thing ever because mm. some people have and that's a horrible way to live and you need to start going to different parties darling <laughs> <laughs> if you're not being papped <laughs> but yeah 
No, it was so weird because I remember when Tess came out, that's when this was shooting because, you know, the lady that comes in and says, oh, we want to talk about your school placement. Mm. She's one of the casting directors that Andrea Arnold uses to choose, um, you know, to find the, the people. And she was in Tess as well because she's also an actress. And she was going, oh, do you know anyone like working class, um, 17? I was like, well, yeah, my sister. And so she auditioned for this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and te so yeah, I was making Tess, and that was a really nice time. But all the other stuff was just like mad. Anyway, we got through it. You seem quite normal. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm still okay. You're all right. <clears throat> okay, I think we got we're time for one more question, and then I think we're done. And oh, there's two, two there. You and you, and then I think we'll be done. Uh, hey, Joe, how's it going? Hey, good. How are you? <laughs> Thanks. Um, just to touch base on, like, you're saying you're going to the producing side of things. I was just wondering, do you get um, to be part of the post process, like, in the editing room? And I was just wondering, um, what's that been like coming at it from, like, an actor's point of view? Because normally you don't really get to see that side of it. Yeah. Um, oh... I, I'm not actually that good in the editing room, I don't think, because I go, oh, it's all really great. I'm just being really supportive. <laughs> and actually, you have to, I think you have to be like, no, that, that doesn't work, that doesn't work. Um, and and I, I, as an actor, I have been in my own, like, like I've been invited into the edit of some things, mm. and I've just found it completely excruciating and awful. I would just like a really good editor to just magically make it great. Um, but as a producer, obviously, you can't do that. <laughs> so you've got to sit in. And, 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 and it's been really interesting, actually, just for me personally, on my one thing that I've produced so far. Just you have to sort of step up, step up a bit, I think, um, and really think about what, why it's not working and, and dissecting things, whereas before I just kind of let things go because I felt like it was out of my control, I think. So now I'm sort of having to switch on, like, control. Okay, yeah control sensors um so yeah but it's only the i mean the very beginning so um i look forward to not spending lots of time in editing suites and eating sweets because that's all they do like, they edit and eat sweets yeah that's true they make nanny sugar <laughs> the whole of their lives okay um i think we have reached our natural end and yes. uh, I would like to say thank you very much you for being a lovely audience and thank, thank you for the fabulous you. Thank you.